You're listening to the Seek, Go, Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success, and creating something new. And here's your host, Tim Winders. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seek, Go, Create podcast. This is your host, Tim Winders. And our topic for today is, again, living, living the nomad life, which is this whole season, what the season is all about. And this specifically is about working on the road, how to do business, how to make money, how to bring in revenue while you're traveling and seeing the world. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode today. You know, one of the biggest struggles that a lot of people have in attempting to live as a nomad and travel or at least see things or be more mobile is how do I make money? Many of people's jobs or businesses or work is attached to a geographic location, and I get that. We dealt with real estate for many years. We had, at one point, almost 100 properties. They were all in one location, uh, the East Metro part of the Atlanta metro area, and and so we were pretty much tied to that area. I'm, I'm an industrial engineer, so systems and processes and things like that are are something that I enjoy. I'm, I kind of even have this mantra that if I do something more than once, I want to systematize it or automate it or make it something so that I don't have to put my hands to it. And so one of the things that we did with our real estate business was we began putting things in place with people that were more local and uh, allowing them to do a lot of the tasks and the, and the repeatable functions. And then myself, I actually was able to move an hour plus away. And I had family members that were partners that were staying in our, our area, and they, they performed a lot of the things there. But, but it really kind of opened my eyes to the ability to do business in other locations. So when we were able to do a business as traditional as real estate and not actually be in the geographic area, it just got me thinking that maybe there were opportunities to do this more and more and I'd moved into consulting and training and and some things online virtual I mean we I, I'm of the age that I remember when we didn't have the internet and email and and all the tools that we currently have web uh, online online calls webinars things like that so so I've kind of seen all this come to fruition and I just want to say and encourage you that there are a lot of tools there are a lot of things, a lot of opportunities in place now that allow you to not be geographic specific. And I've just continued to see a lot of those examples as we travel. I mean, just some of the examples that I see is, uh, is just the sounds and distractions around you. I just, just had a big diesel truck pull by and that made a noise and I tried to pause and wait on the podcast and I just had a neighbor across the way here that fired up his Harley. So you might hear this low, cool rumble noise in the background as we continue on. So anyway, it is what it is. It's part of working on the road. There's gonna be a few distractions and sounds in the background that you may hear. So we'll just keep going. But uh, one of the things I just noticed, I'm, I was talking about different ways that, that I have learned that we can be more mobile is, is with my consulting business, my coaching business, even with real estate, information marketing, training, all of those things, I realized that doors were being opened where we could be more mobile in those businesses. We could do online conference calls and I could still see people face to face in a video conference setting. 
And so it really just started allowing us to see the opportunities that were out there. Now, I will say this, there's no doubt, there's challenges with this type of type of lifestyle also. One that I just mentioned earlier is that you're gonna have some noises and distractions in the background. And listen, we face distractions. I'm a business coach, I'm a business consultant, so I see this all the time. One of the biggest hindrances to people being successful is managing distractions in their lives. And distractions can be as simple as, you know, your home life, you know, children can be a blessing, but they can also be distractions for people to succeed. Um, hobbies, TV, all types of things can be distractions. Well, when you're on the road, when you're mobile, then there's like, that's like raising it up to another level. Because one of the key things to being successful is consistency, being consistency in your work habits and the things you get done and your communications and in your tasks that you need to do over and over again. Well, when you're traveling, consistency can be a challenge because many people, as, as we've traveled and seen people in this type setting, many people have difficulty understanding what a work day is and what a vacation day is because our minds have been programmed to think that if we're out, like I am right now, sitting on a riverside in a RV with our chairs sitting by the river and our grill out and things like that, that that means vacation day. That if you're by the river camping or in an RV, that means vacation. Well, for us, uh, today is a Thursday. It is not a vacation day, it's a work day. My wife and I will be working diligently all day. Now, the cool thing is, it's going to be a nice day. It's been raining for a few days, but today's expected to be a nice day in the in the mid-70s that when we finish up work at 5, 6, could be 7 p.m. tonight, we can actually go sit out in our chairs by the river and, and have our dinner and maybe have a cocktail or a sip of wine or something and enjoy the end of our day. But it is a work day. And what I've found is that consistency and the challenge of knowing, am I on a work day or a vacation day? is difficult for many people. And some people just struggle with that. Some people are okay with it. Some people can work a few hours, take some time off, work a few hours, take some time off. Uh, but, but that's difficult for many people. So that's a real challenge. And like I mentioned earlier, distractions, sounds, uh, being able to get things done, those can also be challenges. But before we leave the challenges, I wanna get to what, what we have found is our biggest struggle, our biggest challenge with working on the road. Because we work on the road, the internet is very important to what we do. Obviously, we need to get online, we need to check emails, we need to do video conference calls, we need to upload things, we need to download things. All of those are extremely important. And we thought a few years ago, I might have mentioned this when I talked about the the house sitting. Oop, y'all hear another distraction there. The Harley is, the Harley's getting louder in the background and he's about to drive by so we won't hear him. But uh, anyway, so sounds are a bit of a distraction here. But the internet, we assumed way back in 2013, man, I love the sound of those Harleys, except when I'm doing a podcast. Way back in 2013, when we began traveling and house sitting, we made the assumption that we would be able to get high-speed internet and we'd be able to get it easily. That was not a valid assumption for us. It was more difficult than we thought. And I mentioned back on that podcast about house sitting, one of the, some of the tests and the, 
and the ways that we would go about trying to find out if where we were going to be staying had good Wi-Fi, good internet, good coverage. And so we have had to implement very similar things with what we're doing now traveling in an RV. And I'll mention those in just a little bit, but, but the challenge, one of the biggest challenges is the internet and getting high speed or at least decent speed internet Wi-Fi coverage so that we can do the things that we need to do. Okay, so before we move any further, I wanna just cover a few practical items and then I'm gonna talk about maybe some examples that I've seen of people doing business on the road, uh, some creative things, mindset, and, and also in this next section, I'll talk about how we've handled that biggest challenge, which is the internet. But I wanna kinda of go over some of the, I guess I'll call it the legal or practical stuff that people ask all the time. And I'm not gonna go into this comprehensively and cover it all, but I just wanna hit a few things because people ask all the time, about situations like, well, where do you get your mail? And where do you actually reside and different things like that? And I'm not, I'm not gonna cover that in detail here, but let me just tell you that some of those things can be, can be issues in, in the world that we live in today. And uh, I'll just say this, that when we began doing this, we were residents of the state of Georgia and we enjoyed Georgia. That's where we that's where we grew up. We both have our homes there. We raised our children there. And uh, my wife and I spent almost the first 50 years of our life in the state of Georgia. But when we gave up our home and when we began traveling, we didn't have, I guess what, uh, I guess what the state would consider a legal address. We had a post office box, not a post office box, but a, a mailbox at a local business. And we got a letter at one point that they said that we don't believe that you can vote in the state of Georgia. And um, interesting because I had in the past served on the Board of Elections. I understood those things. And uh, they said that we were going to have to come in before the board to prove that we live there and could vote there. And I know many of you listening to this are going to go, wait, hold on. I think I thought people show up to vote all over our country without IDs and things like that. And you would be correct. We hear stories like that, but as far as us goes, they were telling us that we couldn't couldn't vote in Georgia, and so it just got us investigating, and we started looking at where do people live or reside that that might be missionaries or truck drivers or other people that just travel full time, and there are states out there that are friendly to that, and. There are states that obviously many people know they don't have state income tax and they're more friendly to people that, that travel and things like that, Florida, Texas, and Tennessee. But one state that really, really was welcoming to our type lifestyle and, and the others that I just mentioned were was the state of South Dakota. And you can do your own investigation. I'm not going to get into a lot of detail there, but they basically welcomed us. They said, you're welcome to be residents here. You can you can visit here and then you can also travel in other places and we'll work things out so that you can vote and and so that you can um, have a have a legal residence and things like that. So South Dakota was very inviting and friendly to us. And and so that's kind of how we got uh, a legal residence. And that was important for us. And and so we have some of our companies there and and other things like that as far as business goes. 
Related to that, once you have a place that you can call a residence, we can talk about things like mail. How do you get your mail? And uh, what we have is our, our legal address is our residence address, which is a, um, a business. Uh, it's titled America's Mailbox. I may include it down in the show notes, but it's America's Mailbox where we can actually have a legal residence there and they actually will receive our mail and they will forward it to us wherever we are and they'll receive packages and other things like that. Of course, most people know nowadays with companies like Amazon and other shipping services that they'll ship them in a day or two to just wherever you are. All you have to do is give them some form of an address. And so we've had things forwarded to us at at RV parks and other places that we've been for a longer period of time. So anyway, all that, all that type stuff works out if you have some type of of address that you can have things shipped to. And and so that's what we've done with this service. And again, I may make note of that in the show notes for those that may want to do research there. The cool thing about that is, is that once you get that address, you can also register your vehicles, your RVs and other things like that in that location. And it makes it very convenient. I'll mention one other thing that becomes somewhat difficult. And that is in the current banking world, because of 9-11 and, you know, they talk about Homeland Security and, and uh, the Patriot Act and things like that, our government now wants to know really where you are and where you lay your head at night. And that, that becomes very difficult when you're in an RV or you're moving around or you're more mobile. And we have dealt with our certain bank. It's a large national bank for many years now. And we recently went in and set up an account and when they punched in the address that we gave them, which is our residence address, they said that is not an actual physical home. And I said, yes, but it's our legal residence. We showed it to them on our driver's license. And they said, no, the government wants to know where you lay your head down at night, which I won't get into government and overreach and how they're getting all in our life and Big Brother and all that type stuff. But So I was in my mid-50s at the time, and I had to give them an address, and I gave them the address of my parents' home that I had not lived in for 40-plus years, so almost 40 years. So anyway, that's a bit of a challenge that some of you might, might have if you don't have a physical home somewhere or a physical address that is a place that they think you're going to sleep in. So anyway, those are just a few things. I will say this, that, uh, that there may be issues if, if you work for an actual company and, and you travel some, they need to know, they might need to know where you are and they might need to know where they need to withhold taxes and things like that. We, we actually have a business and, and my wife actually works for a company and, and they just withhold taxes in the legal residence of our state and we attempt to work it out with them as to where she where she is at physically and things like that. So those are some of the legal aspects and some of the issues that you might have to address. And what we're going to do now is talk about really some of the options. Um, but before we do that, I think I want to dive in and talk about internet and, and how we've gone about addressing that challenge. Okay, so let's go ahead and let me give you the options that we came up with to address our biggest challenge in traveling and being mobile, and that is how we can ensure that we get, or at least feel good about getting high-speed internet. You know, internet's a tough one 
for a lot of people now. I know people that even within their homes or even their work location recently, recently I was on a conference call with someone in a, in a work location that was, that should be very high speed and they were struggling with internet speeds there. So it, this is not just an issue for people that are mobile, but it just becomes more important for us because we want to present, um, I guess a stable, a stable situation so that people don't think, you know what, they're in an RV, they're always going to have bad internet. So, so here's what we have done. I'm not going to tell you it's the best answer, but it's what we've had to do just to make sure that we're comfortable with it. In our, in our early RVing life, which right now we're about nine, almost 10 months into it, we have made the decision that we are not going to do what some people do in RVs, which is called boondocking, where they go and they stay out on BLM land, which is government land, way out in the middle of nowhere, or or attempt to or attempt to just stay places where very few people are. We have made efforts to be in more what we'll call RV parks or RV resorts, where we know we can hook up to electricity, we can get water, and many of them have have internet service. Now, I, I want to say in the same breath that most of these RV parks, you do not need to depend on the internet Wi-Fi service that they provide. Uh, this park that we're in right now, for those that might be watching this on video, I'm looking around, there's probably 40 people in it, and I can promise you if about 10 of them got on to do a video call or did some streaming, it would it would bog down the, um, the whole Wi-Fi system. So you don't need to depend on it. Now, one thing that we've done is that we've gotten a, um, a, a router that allows an antenna to go up higher on our roof. And so we're able to pull in that, that RV park Wi-Fi a little bit stronger than other people that are trying to pull it in through their metal or maybe fiberglass or metal framed RVs that could cause distractions or could, you know, distort some of the Wi-Fi signal. So we pull it in and we've actually got a router inside our RV. I'm actually, for those of you that might be watching this on video, I'm pointing to it. It's right above the left part of my head here. And, and so what we're able to do is, is we're able to, um, pull it in maybe a little bit stronger. I sometimes joke with people in the park, I am sucking in as much of the Wi-Fi as I can. Uh, and, uh, and, then, and then we can kind of, with our router, get it into the inside of our RV a little bit. However, we do not totally depend on that. The other thing that we also do is we have some hot, pot, hot, <laughs> hot pots. No, not hot pots. That sounds good, but, but uh, sounds tasty. But we have some hot spots uh, that we actually have. We have we have two hotspots from Verizon, and they have unlimited data on those. That's not always available. We got some special deals when they were when they were offering them that have unlimited data, with minimal throttling if you get over a certain threshold. And we have two from Verizon, and then we also have one from AT&T. Plus, our phones are from AT&T, so we could use them as hotspots also. And I'll just say this, combined with the hotspots that we have, I also have a, a cell booster that goes up about four feet on the roof of our RV that will usually get me about one to two extra bars. Now, we've been traveling for 10 months, 
And I'll tell you that we haven't been to a place, and we've done some pre-planning before we've done this. We haven't been to a place where we weren't able to get some decent speeds, upload and download, with one of those options. It's been real interesting. In most places we've gone, the Verizon has either been strong in the AT&T week or the AT&T strong in the Verizon week. And I will say this, that there have been at least two um, through RV parks that we've been to that their their Wi-Fi, the park Wi-Fi, has been good enough for us to use and feel comfortable with. In fact, where I'm at right now is one of those. So so here's the thing you, you really have to do. You just kind of have to relax, be a little bit flexible, do some research, and maybe get a few pieces of equipment that I mentioned that will allow you to allow you to do business. Um, you may have to, we've never done it, but you may have to go to a coffee shop if things get, if things get a little bit slow or wonky, that's a technical term by the way, wonky with your Wi-Fi where you're at. You might need to, you know, drive into town to get a coffee shop. There was one time when I was at this park, in fact, back in May of this year where, where the power went down in our RV and throughout the park, but it was still on at the office and they had Wi-Fi at the office. So to do one of my video calls with a coaching client, I had to take my laptop and go sit in front of the office. I didn't sit in, in the office because it was small and there was a lot of noise there, but I sat in a chair right outside the office to pull their Wi-Fi in so that I could do the call. And when I got on the coaching call with my client, I said, listen, I've got an interesting situation. The power is out. And so I'm going to be sitting here outdoors. So might be a little distractions, but, and you know what, they were cool with it. So you have to kind of be flexible. And I'm speaking to myself and my wife. We we like for things to be in order. We like for there not to be any chaos. And, and there is at times going to be just a little bit of that when you're operating in this world. So that's kind of, that's kind of covering the internet. There's a lot more to that. If you have questions or anything and comments or send us some messages and we can try to address some of that if you have some specifics. The, uh, the, uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting about it, I, I realized I may have forgotten this, so let me kind of backpedal just a little bit or back up, is it's kind of important to have office space. I mentioned this in a previous podcast episode, but I'm actually right now sitting in the passenger seat of our RV, and I've got a nice space where I've got a desk, 27-inch iMac. I'm speaking on a Blue Yeti microphone. I've got a, I've got a, a nice Logitech Brio webcam that I use to capture my videos, and I've actually got a backup for my for my videos also, and I've actually got a backup for my microphones, and I've got a, I don't have it on currently, but I have a noise canceling um, headset that's a Bose that I use at times if there's any noises in the background that I need to block out for myself. So, you know, you just need a good office space about 20 feet behind me. My wife has a, has a, a great little space with a good sized desk, a 34 inch monitor, her laptop that runs through the monitor and we've got her some lighting set up there and she's got a curtain that she pulls when she does her her video conferences and things like that. So, you know, another thing to do is it is a okay. A lot of people do it nowadays. You get on your laptop and you do all your work. We just know for us, could be our age, could be the, you know, the, the way we operate and function is that we needed some designated office space, which means when we get in this place, when we get in this mode, it's work time, it's go time. And so you may need that, you may need that also.
Okay, so now that we've covered some of those items, some challenges and some details and legal stuff and things like that, let's kind of have some fun and just talk about some options, some things that I've seen people do when they're in this nomad life or traveling for work. First of all, there's one to me that kind of doesn't count. That's the retiree, the person that's retired. They've got some money coming in, and so they just get in their RV and they hit the road, like my neighbors here to the right and some others. You know, that is A-OK, but what I'm really speaking to in this podcast are people that are still in work mode, or you may even be, have be, you may even be retired, and you just still want to do something while you travel and, and, and make money and, and do work on the road, and I think that's cool. So, so what we're going to talk about now are some of the things that I've observed and seen, and I'm sure this, this list could be endless, but I'm just going to talk about a few of them that I, that I believe might be options. The first thing that's kind of a neat one that's sort of a job, sort of a hybrid between the house sitting that we talked about in, in the previous episode and, and then the RV and travel life is, is something that I think they call camp hosting or park hosting. And that is, there's not really any money change hands that I've seen, but it's where people in a park like we're in, they will come and they'll get their sites for free. In other words, they'll get to stay for free. And what they do is they work two or three days a week helping the people that own the RV park, checking people in or directing traffic or maybe working in the office or things like that. And I've just kind of watched these people do, do it. And I, I know a lot of them are retired. They just want to keep working and they're watching their cost and overhead. So they get a free site. They get to stay in a cool place for two or three months, maybe longer. But then they get to do a little bit of work. And I've just kind of watched it and I just thought it was really neat. I don't know if it's anything that I'll do or that we'll do in the future. We can't really do it with our current work situation, but I thought that was a cool option. So camp hosting is something that you may want to consider if you want to, uh, if you want to maybe see see how you can get out and travel, lower your cost, and do some cool things. the The big one that I have seen that we do and many others do is, I guess you just start your own business and you just do that on the road. It's a virtual business. A lot of people would call that freelancing. That's where you're a creative or a consultant or a coach, or, or I've seen people that do coding and, and, and computer type work, all of those things. You know, I've even seen people do collections and things like that. All of those things that are freelance oriented that you can do on the road, those are great options for people that travel and live the nomad life. And, you know, related to that, this is kind of a cool one, I think. Our son, I might have shared this in earlier episodes, our son, who also is the producer and engineer for this podcast, he actually recently launched out. In fact, he did it yesterday. He got in his RV yesterday, his 25-foot RV, and he hit the road. And right now he's in Jackson, Wyoming, in the Grand Tetons. His primary, primary work that he does is he's a photographer. And he also does some videography and some work like like editing and working with this podcast. But um, but he just he just does the travel life and does things like this. He gets gigs uh, as he travels. He gets gigs to work for corporate photography and and also personal. But also while he travels, he takes images of cool things. He's written a couple of books. And so that's that's something that people also do. That also brings up another example that I have seen people do and that I've actually been doing myself and that is that is writing. You know, a lot of people are freelance writers. A lot of people are are working on books. 
uh, a lot of people blog and 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 just write and I actually have just finished my first novel we're in the editing process now and I've got the the um, the outline for my second one and I plan on just writing about a book of book a year as I travel and we do what we do so so this is a great 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 lifestyle for those that want to write and be inspired and have your soul nourished as you travel it's just a, an inspirational thing to travel and capture a lot of that in writing. And so writing is a great example, and that just leads to a lot of other creative stuff. You know, there are a lot of people now that what they're doing is they're earning money or earning a living or making some revenue, might be a better way of saying it, while they travel. In other words, they've got YouTube channels, they've got blogs, they've got podcasts that talk about this lifestyle and people go and watch those videos whether they're interested in it or not some of them I think live vicariously through that and because they're on YouTube obviously there's advertising and these people market things they might have training courses or events and things like that and so they're able to just talk about this lifestyle share it with people in the form of videos podcasts all those things that we just mentioned and it is just incredible. I mean, just go to YouTube. This is all you have to do. Go to YouTube and search RV Lifestyle. And all of these will come up. And, and if you just watch some of them, you'll start getting, I think some juices will start bubbling up inside you. And I think you're going to see a lot of examples of things that you may be able to do. And it, it'll probably inspire you to at least try. Try this. Try this just to see what it's like. So those are some those are some great examples, and there's many others. In fact, recently, uh, this is a flyer. This is one that was very unique to me. In this park, I saw someone, and they had a sign out front, and it was holistic dog training. They travel around in their RV, and and what he does is he does family and dog friendly behavior healing, obedience training, and relationship coaching. How cool is that? And so he does it. He meets with vets and meets with people that need their dogs trained. And he just travels around and does that. So there, it is unlimited, unlimited. And me being a business coach, one of the things I love to do, and I can't do this for obviously all the listeners, but, but if you want to try to reach out and brainstorm, I have no problem with, with, with doing that with some folks if I'm able to, is just to see what you're interested in and brainstorm different ideas and thoughts and things that you can do because there are so many options out there for you to work, bring in some revenue while you travel and just enjoy this type of lifestyle. So that covers a lot of the, the ins and outs, challenges, techniques, options as far as working on the road. And listen, there are so many other things. I mean, another one I forgot about was we actually had some people recently that they were gonna be traveling to Tennessee and they were going to be staying at an RV park that Amazon had recommended, and they were going to be doing temporary work during the holidays for Amazon, but they were going to be staying in the area. I think it was Chattanooga, by the way, which is a really cool town, and they were just going to be in the Chattanooga area. And, you know, a lot of other people, they work on farms, and just there's so many things out there. All I want to say as we wrap up here is this in no way covers everything and all the options I just wanted to get you thinking about it, mention some of the challenges that you may have in your head and maybe address some of those questions and just encourage you. If you're feeling that this may be something you might be interested in or 
you just want to try it out, then make a decision, take the leap. Listen, if, if you've got the opportunity to take a sabbatical from your work, take a sabbatical and go travel. If you've got the opportunity to be more mobile in your work or your business, give it a try. I mean, there's actually some clients that I've worked with that, that in coaching, we've actually attempted to do things so that they can step away from their business, which is really a little bit more geographic specific, but they can step away, kind of replenish their energy levels, get some different scenery, step away from their business a little bit, still run their business from a distance, but also get out and travel and see some new things and, and things like that. So listen, th this is a lot of fun. There's challenges there, sure, but there's a lot of fun and a lot of things to see out there, a lot of beautiful parts for those just doing it in North America, a lot of beautiful parts of the country. Just, just try it. Try it, do some of it, see what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and I believe it'll be a blessing to you just to kind of stretch yourself, get uncomfortable a little bit, and try something new. I've enjoyed sharing some of the things on this podcast. This is one of these podcast episodes, I believe, that we could have we could have probably talked for hours. We could have gone over so many different things. I, I intentionally wanted to try to keep it concise just to kind of cover some of the high points. And I believe we've done that. So listen, if you have any questions or comments, just reach out to us. We'll, we welcome those and love those. And if this is something that you've enjoyed, rate it on the platform that you listen to. And what we'll do is we'll obviously be discussing this more in the future because one of, one of the things we wanted to do in the future as we move forward with the podcast is interview people that are living different and unique type lifestyles. And obviously many of them are doing things like we've discussed on this episode as they travel and, and they're on the road. So anyway, very exciting. Thanks for letting me share with you. I look forward to talking to you again soon. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seat Go Create podcast, a part of the SGC network. For those looking for excellence, moving towards success and creating something new. We are constantly discussing bold new topics and ideas here on the network. So be sure to subscribe to be notified when we post new episodes. We look forward to sharing more with you next time, but until then, enjoy the journey.